0: that. I love that. This has to be one of my favorite uh, Christmas renditions of Carol of the Bells. It's uh, the uh, Celtic Women. Just a terrific rendition. And I I wanted to start the show with that today because, you know, the last thing I want to do is let uh, the forces of darkness rob us of the joy of this season. I'm guilty of that sometimes, and I probably cause you to be guilty of it because we dwell on so many things that are happening that are bad. But uh, there is such great joy, and nothing that they do, nothing that they say, nothing that Joe Biden implements or uh, the governor of New York or the governor of you know, California, can they cannot change that because this transcends the world. It is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who was born as a baby. That's what we're celebrating. And ironically... Um, I want to talk a little bit about Christmas today because Christmas, of course, is an English word and it's not in the Bible. And it, and the whole thing about celebrating Christmas on December 25th is something that we, Western civilization, started doing gradually. It wasn't like in the early church. Uh, but it's a beautiful celebration. I just don't think there's a thing wrong with it. We're celebrating as we, our hearts just leap with joy. That's the word that you see everywhere, joy. Joy you see in people's yards, Joy. Because we have a Savior, and I hope that by the time we finish our time today together, you kind of have a glimpse of that. Some of you are listening, and you're new, and this is kind of a new concept. You have some, maybe you, maybe you grew up in church, or you have certainly some knowledge of Jesus, but you don't really, maybe, you can sit in that pew even as a child and grow up even in Sunday school and not understand. And I, I really, my goal is that by the end of today, uh, by the end of this hour, you will understand. And then you'll ha- you'll need to make a choice about what you're going to do. If you're going to face this very dark world, and no one argues that it, it isn't dark right now and getting darker, uh, by yourself, on your own, with your own knowledge, your own mind, your own will, your own way of doing things, if you're going to yield uh, to the Savior who was born on this Christmas. Interestingly enough, uh, this is really, uh, you know, you may or may not know that you know the Old Testament. There are two parts of the Bible: the Old and the New Testament. The Old is the biggest; it's the oldest, and it tells the story of the Jewish people. The New Testament starts with the birth of Jesus. And um, the old the old covenant was that man was uh, God gave man law, and so law was you know the Ten Commandments comes to mind. There were other laws too, but the Ten Commandments was the, was the heart of it, and that man it was kind of God's way, I think, of training men to. Conduct their lives in the way he created them, not commit adultery, not steal, not lie. All those things that are, you know, at least a training ground. But he said in the Old Testament, God said, I, one day I will write this law in their hearts I will write this law in their hearts there won't be a temple where they have to go to worship and a place where they have to go to sacrifice a lamb because I will dwell in them and that happened when Jesus came that was the new covenant he sent that sacrificial lamb one man to be the lamb for the rest of time so there was no need to sacrifice the lamb i know that's a quick explanation of a very complex thought that some of us don't i don't, I don't fully understand it because we didn't live through that sacrificial system. I just know of it intellectually. But the interesting thing of it is, you know, people, you know, uh, want to know how, how can you know that? Well, of course, um, there are some ways. It's actually kind of exciting. One of the proofs of the um, existence of a Savior and that Jesus was indeed the Savior of all mankind are prophecies. And we find just like two of them I'll mention, like in Micah 5.2, it talks about how the Savior will be born in Bethlehem. A Bethlehem was like, as you probably, those of you that are scripturally familiar, a Bethlehem was like a town of, <laughs> nobody thought much of Bethlehem. It was just this little town. And yet 700 years or so before the birth of Jesus, Micah tells us that the Savior will be born in Bethlehem. And where was he born? 700 years later, he was born in Bethlehem. We find out in Isaiah 7 that a virgin is going to conceive and bear this child, which sounds incredible. I'm sure that when the prophet wrote it and God revealed it to him, people questioned it at that time. But that's in Isaiah 7. And then, of course, one of my favorite stories, my very dear friends who are Jewish uh, tell this story. They uh, were Jewish, you know, for life. Uh, Bobby was from New York City, and maybe she's listening this morning. And Al was uh, was on... Um, He was a Russian Jew, and his mom and dad had to flee from the Nazis and then from the Russians, uh, Russian communists. So his story is incredible. They came uh, separately. Uh, He came to the United States. They met in New York City. They married. Uh, He became a dentist and uh, very successful. And then at some point, God began to work through them in a different way. And they began to read the Bible and the New Testament and the Old Testament, too. And they read this uh, passage as Isaiah 53. And as they read it, they just like, "What is this? It's it, it's amazing." And so they went to their rabbi and they said, "Can you can you explain this to us, this Isaiah fifty three passage?" And the rabbi took the book off the shelf and sat down and opened it up and and then closed it and said, "We don't talk about that passage." And put the book back. And that was a that was kind of a turning point for them when they realized that. Um, there must be something to this. Why the fear of even discussing it? And what, what was it all about? It said this, Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or a majesty to attract us to him, nothing to his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We, all like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And of course, it goes on and on and talks about that God chose to crush him, and through that suffering, he would bring, you know, um, by his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Well, there wasn't anybody else in history who did that, and so it's not explained it can't be explained way away and um, it was 700 years written before Jesus was born and so those are the reasons why we can be sure that Jesus was the Messiah and that you know where else do you see prophecies like that that that, that come true? Well part of the story there is that Jesus was a carpenter that's not what it says in Isaiah but he was uh, he was uh, of no you wouldn't, he didn't come in, uh, you know, he wasn't lifting weights and coming into a room, turning heads. Uh, he wasn't like the, the mayor of the town or the governor of the state. He was just a born in a very humble home. Mary was just a, a little girl, a little girl, very young girl. Joseph was just a carpenter. And that's the way God works. He uses people that are not famous, are not fabulous. And he uses them in a mighty way. Just listen to this song. I'm
1: sure he must have been surprised Where this road had taken him Cause never in a minute Saw with his own eyes the message from the angel come to and Joseph said, Why me? I'm just a simple. Just strange.
0: back after this.
2: The following are real life stories from Trinity Debt
3: Management.
4: My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source
3: of income. It was not a good situation. I
4: couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high.
2: If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813.
4: I initially was scared to call and immediately I felt relieved.
2: They contacted all of our creditors and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy to manage monthly payment, reduce your interest and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands.
3: I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and
5: see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a
3: godsend. We're debt-free for keeps.
2: Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813.
0: This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders.
3: Today we pray for Elizabeth Prelogger, Solicitor General of the United States. She represents the federal government before the U.S. Supreme Court and determines the legal position that the United States will take in the Supreme Court. Proverbs 21.15 reminds us of the importance of justice. When justice is done, it is a joy to the righteous, but terror to evildoers. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God. We ask you to guide Elizabeth Preloger as she pursues justice on behalf of our federal government. We ask this in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. With the generous support of listeners like you, our radio ministry is in our 4th year on the air. Keep the power of prayer going and become a regular sustaining member. Details at pausetopray.org.
2: This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. There are lots of good reasons to boycott the Beijing Olympic Games. For one, the Biden administration felt compelled to pull all official U.S. government representation because of the Chinese Communist Party's genocide and other crimes against humanity. For another, the CCP is actively threatening to attack Taiwan, and it will surely interpret business as usual at the Olympics as a green light for doing so. Now, the National Hockey League is reportedly poised to give these genocide games a miss out of concern about the health of its players, scheduled to participate. If they get sick with the COVID-19 virus the Chinese communists unleashed on the world, they could spend three to five weeks in mandatory quarantine in Beijing. To say nothing of being subjected to China's problematic government healthcare system. Every American athlete should forego the genocide games. This is Frank Gaffney.
0: singing King Jesus is His Name. Run,
6: tell everybody you see Bethlehem has a little baby Born in a stable late one night The big got so starry bright The star made a night to shine like the day Bring him praise. Wise men brought him beautiful gifts. They brought gold myrrh and frankincense. What did they call that little bitty baby? King Jesus is his name. Hey, what did the heavenly host proclaim? King Jesus is his name. Well, tell me who would have thought this tiny lad would hold all power what did they call them? King Jesus, King Jesus. Well, the people came from all around They knelt in awe of this King they found The manger held such a holy sign This gift from heaven would bring them high Every from the river cree and race This little baby's gonna change the world When the hearts of men, women, boys and girls What did they call that little bitty baby? In Jesus is his name What did the heavenly levels proclaim? In Jesus is his name well, Tell me who would have fought this tiny land little bitty baby King Jesus is his name Well, What did the heavenly host proclaim? King Jesus is his name Well tell me who would have thought this tiny lad Would hold all power in his name. Tell me what did they call him King Jesus is his name They call that little bitty baby King Jesus is his name What did the heavenly host proclaim? What tell did they call, they call King me? Jesus is his name? What did they Who's call the that little bitty baby? What they call King him? Jesus
0: Right, Lerner Harris. King Jesus is his name. It just seems like a theme is coming to me this morning. You know, we just described in Isaiah how wounded and how unremarkable Jesus was. His station in life was low. Joseph was no one. He was a carpenter. Mary was nobody. Bethlehem was no kind of place, and neither was Nazareth, which is where Jesus grew up. It is God's pattern. It says that God exalts the proud, exalts the humble, and resists the proud. You know, that's why I think um, Washington, D.C. is such anathema. The world of power of business is such anathema to the way God works. And the interesting thing is that God can bring low the mighty in just a flash. And that's why as we talk about all these stories and we consternate about, you know, our victim, victimhood uh, based on what's happening with laws and rules, they really have no power. They have no power. Uh, you know, our lives as Christians, now I'm talking to those that believe in Jesus, those of you who don't, this doesn't apply to you yet. I say yet, because I'm hoping that all of you listening will at some point bow your knee and your head and uh, submit yourself to the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ and conform your life as he gives you strength to do that. It will radically change your life. It will change the way you view things. It will give you courage. It will make you a better husband. A better wife, a better mother, a better citizen, a better person at your job, a better friend, a better neighbor. It will transform your life, and of course, then it will take you into eternity. And that's another subject altogether. But King Jesus was just a little baby of no, re- no remarkable character, and that reminded me of that first song, uh, "A Strange Way to Change the World," is just a carpenter. Is this a strange way to change change the world? And it reminded me of our interview yesterday with David Summerall. One thing I did not tell you about David, David is the one who started StopHate.com. He's the citizen filmmaker uh, that uh, produced this film, Writing History, about what happened on January 6th. David and his team were there, uh, and they've done some remarkable things. And, of course, they're deeply involved with people who are in prison in D.C. and around the country, uh, held in their homes, uh, you know, under, uh, citizen, well, arrest with, you know, whatever they do, the things around their ankle. And so David is tracking all of that. And he's making a huge difference. And David is a carpenter. Uh, I don't, I didn't tell you that yesterday, but he certainly tells me that he, that's the first thing I think just about on his bio sheet. And I thought about how remarkable it is That God has used—I'll talk about J6 for a second—the people that are incarcerated there, especially the D.C. jail and some that have been released, are just regular people. And the things that they write and say just smack of greatness. I've read some things to you already, not all of them. But those that know Jesus, there is a greatness that has come out of them, like as they have been squeezed and, and beaten and so mistreated. There's a beauty and a strength that comes from them that's amazing. And CEOs of corporations and presidents of the United States and senators and congressmen have a lot more trouble on their knees, emptying themselves of self. They have trouble with humility. And it's hard. It's That's why I think uh, Jesus said it's harder for a, a rich man to go through the eye of a, a, of a needle than to, for him to get into heaven. And I think it's he's talking about the pride of wealth and the pride that comes from other things, too. And therefore, therefore, that means that each of us, each of us has an opportunity, and it's really a blessing to be a nobody. You know, I think of my own circumstances. Uh, it always kind of amuses me that God would choose me to do what I do at the level that I do whatever that means. I'm from a very small town. My parents weren't—my dad didn't even graduate from the eighth grade— I have very humble beginnings, um, very humble beginnings. My parents got married. They had $50 in an army blanket, you know, and um, not notable people, but fine people, people of character, and uh, who example to me, you know, um, my mother especially, <clears throat> faith in Christ. <clears throat> and um, so God uses people like us. Uh, it's a mar- miracle. It's a strange way. <clears throat> it's a strange way to have a radio host <laughs> develop. It's a strange way to save the world, to use people like us to do that, to use David Sumrall, who's a carpenter, and yet he's doing great things to try to help the people. By the way, I want to amend something that I said yesterday. I mentioned this uh, the way to write to the prisoners, and I I misspoke the the title of it. It's PatriotMailProject.com. If you want to write to them, PatriotMailProject.com. And David Sumrall's uh, website is StopHate.com. And the video or the the uh, documentary film, or it's like a, it's more of a capturing of real time of what was happening on January sixth, is writing history, and you can get it at that website. And I want to just say, remember that it's uh, it's raw footage, so the language is uh, it's it's rough, it's rough. So it's not a sun, it's not a piece for Sunday school. It's just it's like Jesus might have heard a few curses out of the Roman soldiers when he was being beaten. You think that was real real time in the real world, and that's what this is. So, um. I wanted to say that we got. I got an email from Paula Calloway. Paula is the, uh, I guess she is the administrator of Patriot Mail Project. And she said, I want to reach out and say, thank you for sharing our group on your show. We just wrapped up our Christmas project for some of the J6 children, and it was a great success. I don't believe we would have had the support we did if it weren't for your show. Well, Paula, thank you for that. But then I have to say to my listeners, to all of you, that she's talking about you because I know many of you have taken on writing to the prisoners. Remember, uh, some of you, if you haven't been heard us talking about this, this is about those that were incarcerated uh, after the, um, uh, the, the what happened on the Capitol on January the 6th, which is—I'm not going to go into that. Let's just say it's been twisted. The narrative is completely twisted, and there were bad things that happened all over the place— Um, that you haven't been told about. And so uh, a lot of people have been arrested and mistreated and abused because they were there. And of course, uh, the left is trying to use that day uh, to really prevent President Trump from ever running again, but that's really not the issue. They're trying to to villainize anyone who supported him, uh, and that's not the issue either. It's not about President Trump. It's about people who love the country, love the Constitution, love God. Not uh, and they must be destroyed, so they have to be painted with this brush. It's very dangerous. But nevertheless, I'm not worried because I'm really not worried. I I recognize the dangers of this. We talk about it every day. And um, some of you, maybe even listening, incarcerated, and you have paid a heavy price. A lot of my friends already have paid a heavy price in other ways. But I know that we have to fear those According to Scripture, we don't fear those that can destroy the body, but those that can destroy the soul. There's nothing they can do to touch what God has done for us and the regenerated person inside of us. They can't destroy it ever, ever, ever. And so, um, okay, so Paul, Paula thanks us for this, and she says that there's uh, Jenna Ryan is turning herself in today for her 60-day sentence, and she was a realtor from Texas, that was on the news. If you could please mention this and ask your listeners to write to her because she's very nervous. And um, Jennifer Lee Ryan, L-E-I-G-H Ryan. Um, I can't really—let's put this address on our Facebook page, uh, Adam, so that people can write to her. It's a long it, It's a long uh, address. So Jennifer Lee Ryan, at the very least, you can pray for her today as she turns herself in as though she's some criminal and um, starts this 60-day sentence. That is frightening. And so we need to remember people right now in prayer that are going through these horrific things that are being so mistreated. This is from um, Howard is very, he watched the video, and he's very disappointed. He was very upset about it. He said it was not well done. He couldn't follow it. And um, so he was saying it needs to be redone with much more informative soundtrack. So Howard, just for you, since you watched it, and you're grumpy about watching it, Let me just say, remind you that this is, a, this is a citizen project. It's not a film you're going to go see in the movies. It's a capture of real live raw video on that day. So it's not, it's not edited in a way that's professional. And the, they, the, uh, they do point out, uh, I know sometimes they point out things and you're not quite sure what they are, but they do, uh, if you listen carefully, maybe watch it again, they do point out at least one person in Antifa, Uh, And they also, uh, there are other indications, but it goes by quickly. And I think there's some incredible moments in there that no one else has captured, and that's why I'm recommending it. But I'm not recommending it for kids, and I'm not recommending it to you if you, uh, those of you who are, that language, bad language is very offensive to you. It is to me, too. But in real life, you know, you hear it, so that's what you're going to hear. This is from Jody. And by the way, I'm going to open the phone lines up in just a second. Our phone number is 888-589-8840, just to see what's on your mind. 888-589-8840 is the number. And uh, quickly, Jody wrote and said, you mentioned uh, legislature about internment camps in New York. She said, I can't find that. She thought it had been... A passed and are talked about in 2015, but no, it's it's coming again, Jody. And if you want to, you ask me for an article. If you go to conservative treehouse dot com, conservative dot com, uh, you can read the legislation. It's New York State Assembly, uh, New York State assembling, advancing legislation to create involuntary COVID quarantine camps. Unfortunately, yeah, that's what they're doing. All right, so this is one of my favorite Christmas songs, and whose isn't? Michael English is singing it. Uh, Michael and I did a duet in 1988 and uh, made it on the CCM charts, but he has the one of the beautiful Mary, voices. Let's listen. Mary, did you know?
6: Baby boy, one day walk on water Mary, did you know That your baby boy Would save our sons and daughters Did you know Did you? your baby boss, Lord of all creation. Mary, did you know that your baby
2: syndrome was a virus that spread like covid and cnn decided you know what we're not going to do news coverage anymore we're going to go full board against trump you're driving your business in the ground Yeah. yeah that's why i think they should take this opportunity and go back to doing news instead of doing progressive propaganda today's issues weekday mornings at 11 eastern 10 central on american family radio
5: Hannah's Heart, a half-hour program specifically designed to encourage Christian couples walking through infertility and miscarriage.
0: This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome, Mm
4: -hmm. but this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough.
5: Hannah's Heart with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White, each Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. You can find the podcast at AFR.net.
2: And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The scripture teaches that God has sovereignly determined the boundaries of our habitation and the appointed times in which we would live. That means the fact that you live right now in the United States of America in the 21st century, following the November 2020 elections, it's not a mere coincidence. It is the time and place that God has appointed for you. This isn't a time to shrink back. It's our moment to contend. May the remnant arise to meet our moment. In Jesus' name. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The
3: Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III.
4: In this season of giving, you can be the answer to their prayer today. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International and since Labor Day, we've been working toward a goal of putting God's Word into the hands and hearts of 16,000 Bibleist believers around the world. Here's a few that are praying for a Bible. Ahmed is a former Muslim beaten by extremists. When he came to faith in Christ, he's praying for a Bible. Miriam is a widowed mother of three in Mozambique, Africa. Very sadly her husband was killed by the Boko Haram regime, but she's praying for a Bible. Carla was a follower of pagan practices in Venezuela. He's praying for a Bible now as a Christ follower. And then Washi and her husband are livestock farmers in China. They want to raise their children to know and love Jesus. They're praying for a Bible. Listen, to date, you've put 10,000 Bibles into the hands of bible believers. We'd love to see another 6,000 by the end of the year. So please, at $5 a Bible, would you make your most generous gift by calling 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD or give at sendbiblesnow.org.
3: Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stearns. Stand by for news and commentary next.
4: Everyone's goals for advancing their education look different. At Liberty University, we've helped thousands of students like you earn their dream degree. So no matter what your goal is, we can help you get there. With over 450 degrees from the associate to the doctoral level to choose from, most of which are 100% online, you'll find what you need to succeed. To discover which degree might be the best fit for you, text DEGREE to 49595. That's DEGREE to 49595.
3: A terrific story from Orland Park, Illinois. A few weeks ago, the school superintendent announced a crackdown on Christmas decorations. No more Christmas trees, no more decking the halls with boughs of holly, penguins were okay, but Santa Claus was not. Superintendent John Burke said his decision to ban Santa was about inclusion, making sure all of the kids felt welcomed and comfortable. When Mayor Keith Peacow heard about the ban, he took action, mobilized citizens to turn out for the school board meeting. The mayor pointed out that Christmas is a federal holiday authorized by Congress. He also noted even the White House, paid for with our tax dollars, is decked out with dozens of Christmas trees, also paid for by our tax dollars. All rock-solid arguments backed up by hundreds of angry moms and dads. So, long story short, they are now celebrating Christmas in Orland Park schools. How about that? I'm Todd Stearns.
0: sings the Hallelujah Chorus like the British. And that is uh, coming to us from the Royal, uh, the English Concert. Uh, I just love it. And of course, it's King. He is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and he will reign forever. And that takes us to uh, our country where rulers think they rule, but they don't have their perspective. Uh, Joe Biden right now is our president. He gave a speech last night, and he uh, tells us he's going to deploy the military to work in hospitals that are short. Of course, he's saying it's because of overcrowding uh, but we know it's because of a lot of medical people have been let off because they would not get the the um, the, the, the vaccine. He's also going to distribute five hundred million tests uh, at government expense. Uh, Made amid amidst the Omicron, vir- uh, Omicron wave, I can't even talk about this stuff right now. <laughs> but uh, that's what he's planning to do. And I, so that takes me to a question by uh, Lynn in Arkansas. Let's go to her. Lynn, good morning. How are you?
5: Hi. Great. Thank you. Yeah, um, I thought it was odd that President Trump and Bill O'Reilly went on that tour and touted the vaccine and all of how great it was. And that now, um, and I will say this, I voted for President Trump. I was not a never-Trumper or anything like that. But when he said he was going to get the military to distribute the vaccine or whatever, that kind of made a check in my spirit. Um, and And now I hear that Biden has said that um he's complimented trump. that was on the news this morning yes, on his work yeah let me let me jump in Lynn.
0: I- yeah he he did that okay. last night, and so President Trump woke up and thanked him for complimenting him. I think what's going on there, honestly, to be honest with you, Biden's polling numbers are tanking they 've gone down like eight points even just in this week. His numbers are tanking and his speech on how this is going to be the winter of death and whatever destruction for those of us that are not vaccinated was just, I think, beyond the pale. And I expected last night, um, I think what's happened is he, people around him, his handlers realize that he's uh, the Democrats are in big trouble and he's in big trouble. So I really think that was a way to gain favor, maybe diffuse the dislike for him. Uh, by giving uh, some sort of a compliment to President Trump, and also I think the whole notion of uh, giving away free tests was another way of him trying to win back favor. Let's give it. Let's just give out more things. I guess my response would be, can he just stop these mandates and let people keep their jobs? They can afford their own tests, for heaven's sake. If they could just be employed, we don't need the government spending all this money on us. But Lynn, it's a it's a good point, and I can at, at another day we could talk further about President Trump's endorsement of the vaccines, because I have a lot to say about that, but not in this moment. Thanks for calling, and Merry Christmas. Let's go to uh, Debbie in Tennessee. Good morning, Debbie.
5: Hi, Sandy. I pray God's richest blessings on you and your husband you. and your Thank family you. and grandchildren. Thank you. I just um, You just need those blessings because of the position in which God's placed you and your family. Um, you. I've called just so I can have someone hear me, and someone maybe see me. Uh, December 7th, Vanderbilt University called me and told me they were removing me from the kidney transplant list because I would not take the shot. I wrote an appeal letter to Vanderbilt on, based on religious grounds. Um, they accepted the letter to review it before the board, and it was denied. So I'm just saying, Jesus, I loved your bumper music. It is true. Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords and despite what happens in this earthly existence um, my Lord and Savior is on his throne and I will take one day at a time and we'll see what the Lord brings into my life next and then to all our lives because this is certainly um, certainly strange times in which we live
0: It is, Debbie. Let me just jump in. Something practical. Please send me your information to sandy at afr.net I don't know if I can help, but I will try, okay? Sandy at AFR.net. And let me pray for you. Father, my heart is breaking. I just can't stand this. I pray that you be with Debbie, and you already have given her strength. I hear it in her voice, and her deep faith is going to carry her through no matter what happens. I know that, and perhaps she's going to see you sooner than some of the rest of us, but we don't know that either. Lord, our lives are in your hands, in death and in life. And uh, so I just pray that you personally comfort her right now, bring friends. And, Lord, if there's a way to make it possible to bring wholeness to her body, we pray for that. And uh, if I can help in any way, give me direction. So thank you for her call and bless her. And, Debbie, uh, thank you, Jesus, in your name. Debbie, thanks. I, listen, we'll, I'll do my best. Okay, Sandy at AFR.net. All right? All right.
5: Thank you. God okay. bless.
0: Okay. Yes, thank you. Same to you. Let's go to Heather in Kansas. Heather, you're our last, I think you're our last person. Can you make it kind of quickly?
7: <laughs> well, um, I just wanted to let you know, thank you for letting us know about the uh, video on Rumble. Um, and when I was watching that, it made my blood boil. It was terrible. Um, the lady Ashley Babbitt when she that that whole thing was kind of surreal even watching it on
0: that film That's I thought little... so too I I thought so too I was really stunned I did not expect to see that I hadn't seen any footage of her living you know we've seen still shots we saw her I saw pictures of her after she was shot or when she was shot but not li- alive and vibrant and you know beautiful and beaming I, that was just a pretty disturbing and brought it kind of home to us didn't it yeah so, Heather, um, I hope that her, I hope, thank you so much and Merry Christmas to you. Uh, so, as all of you listen and you go into this uh, Christmas, you know, we're, we're approaching it in just a couple of days here. There's nothing magic about that date. But this is the season where we just meditate on the fact that we do have a Savior and He will be King of kings and Lord of lords and He will rule forever. And He will make all things right. He will make those valleys uh, he'll make the valleys and the hills plain. That means P-L-A-I-N, like the carpenter making the surface smooth. He's going to bring justice, and there will be justice. Uh, I, you know, I pray for—I was thinking of Joe Biden as I was reflecting on God's greatness and his mighty power, you know, that comes out of humility and unexpected ways that he works— I found myself feeling sorry for Joe Biden and others like him who don't seem to know because the judgment will be great. The judgment will be great for all of us that do not listen and do not heed his call. He says, whosoever will may come, you know, um, call upon him while he is near, you know, knock and the door shall be open. So I hope that as you listen, as we go out here with Josh Groban about O Holy Night, that precious, wonderful night when the Savior, that little, guy of no report was born in that lowly manger of that little young girl who meant nothing except to Joseph. She was just nondescript. He was a carpenter. That's how it all started. And so when you get a little puffed up also, remember, God resists pride and he exalts humility. All right, so a very Merry Christmas to all of you. Um, at the next two days, we're going to have Christmas music on this station. And next week, you're going to be hearing some of our very best programs of this year. So I hope that you have a wonderful Christmas with your family. And you take time uh, in your busyness uh, to worship and to uh, enjoy the season in the right way. Don't let all the stuff that surrounds you and the gifts you have to buy and the list you have to make and the bad news rob you of your joy. Uh, so let's, uh, I say goodbye to you for right now and for um, for this Christmas season. And thank you so much for your support, your kindness, your prayers, your beautiful words, um, and even your challenges. And so uh, have a wonderful Christmas, and I'll talk to you soon. Sandy Rios in the morning. Sweet.